welcome back. Episode number 67 of the New York Rangers podcast, a partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and this week's going to be a bit different than normal uh, due to some scheduling conflicts. Basically, for the first 30 minutes, it's going to be me and Brett breaking down some NYR. And then the second half, the next 30 minutes, it's going to be me, Luca, and Brett talking some segments and top five. So, yeah, enjoy. Let's get to it. And we're back. Brett, welcome back. How's it going? Uh, it'd be a lot better if the Rangers would play with some heart, but you know, at least we got rid of that Luca guy. He's just the worst man. <laughs> uh, no. well, this is, it's actually in uh not chronological order because the oh, so we 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 we're, we're right, gonna right, right. Him. oh we we're picking him up later. Oh, okay, exactly. Cool. Segments are okay. after. Uh, all right, well, okay. yeah, <laughs> I'll probably explain this all in the intro anyway. Um, yeah, that's all right. Uh, too bad he can't be here. I always enjoy his perspective. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm just watching this team play right now. To me, it's just it's the most scathing possible indictment of Gallant possible. It, it just uh, he and I, I just tweeted this that he, he's like a kid. Even when the lines were easy to make, when he didn't have enough options to fill out the lineup properly, but it was so it was very obvious where people should go. He still wasn't able to come up with the correct lines. So why should we expect him when he has uh, so many options to actually get it right now? Like Hillary has dozens of possible combinations that would make sense. So he's like a kid in a candy store right now. And he just he cannot pick one. It's like the same thing that happened before. It's just he cannot rest with anything. And, and I don't know how he expects this group to actually gel with any consistency when you have two you know, star players that just joined the lineup, joining an already star-studded cast of players to begin with and expecting them to go off um, with with no real, uh, you know, consistency and no time to actually gel. It just, it, it boggles the mind. And and I, I don't understand how he hasn't been scolded into getting a little bit of patience. It's, it's shocking to me, actually. Yeah, I mean... With these next couple of weeks, this is the time to experiment. Um, when we had Drew on last week, that 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 was, you know, kind of the same, like, this is the time to experiment. But there's a fine line between giving them enough time and then like, okay, seeing it doesn't work. Now, is he, he, here's the problem here. Like, have you ever known a team that without this specific player who isn't elite, totally falls apart? Have you ever seen a team like that? God. Uh obviously I'm referring to Lindgren. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I know who you're referring to. Uh um I, I don't even think it's just a Lindgren thing though. I mean, it definitely hurts us defensively. I mean, having you know, basically two six defensemen playing in the top, you know, in the on the sixteen man, that's 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 tough, obviously. But it's not even just the defensemen that are rough; it's the overall. Team. No, it's the forwards, it's the wings. It, it, like... It's everyone, and honestly, it goes to me. It goes back to Glant again. It's a lack of structure and a lack of having his team prepared to actually play the team that's in front of them. Um, you know. But to answer your question, no, I I really I really can't. Uh, and I think the biggest difference is just that Fox isn't able to do what Fox does without his partner there. Um, I, I fully believe that I don't think Lindgren is so special that he couldn't develop that trust and chemistry that allows him to do what he does with another player. He just doesn't have that with anyone else in the lineup. So him being gone is a, definitely a huge, huge minus. Um, it's just weird, though, because I, I don't know how anyone to explain it, because 
with go on, like even with Linguineer, there was always structure issues, right? There was always yeah. issues with the defense. And it's not only the defensemen, it's the forwards either back checking, playing their defensive roles. Um, and just for some reason, when Lindgren's here, everything looks a bit more organized, even if there are still problems. It's just, it's mind boggling how that one player, I, I listen, you, you could use that excuse to some extent to say, okay, like this player gives us uh structure, but you're running thin on that excuse. There is some things that I don't care if that player's out. It's the simple plays that you're not doing, and there's no excuse for that. There, there's a line drawn to how far you could take that excuse. Yeah, oh, exactly. I mean, there are all kinds of great teams that lose key players that still end up performing well, and that's because the, the team still has buy into a structure that makes sense, and they still work hard. I mean, I, again, I tweeted this you know, just today. I was like, if you want to know why the fourth line was the only line that was really generating consistent offense today, it's because they were the only one doing the dirty work. They were one of the ones, and I, I'm they not also played simple. They well, they yeah, they played simple. That's true too. But they also just worked hard for it, and and I'm not you know, uh, the kind of Rangers fans that's always just like, you got to finish your checks, you got to go in the corners, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, you know, I don't hate offense. I don't hate fancy offense either. You know, there's time and a place for it. But three of the lines today were just kind of like coasting and waiting for somebody to make a special play instead of just like digging in and winning. And the only line that was consistently getting stuff done was the fourth line. Uh your fourth line cannot be your best line in the game and you can win. That's why I'm not even that upset. Just like I felt like we didn't really deserve to win the Sabres game last night either, uh, two nights ago from when the Sabres. Uh, we didn't play We didn't play well enough. And, like, in that last minute, there was about, like, three high-name chances where they could have uh, where they could have taken the lead with less than a minute to go. And I was like, they, they deserved it because we were playing the same way we played today. It was just, like, uninspired hockey. Uh, and that has to fall on the coach. It does. I mean, the players individually take responsibility, sure. But as a team, when they're consistently doing that, and that's been a problem that's plagued them all year long, is that they'll go on these spurts where they're able to score some goals and play well. And obviously they played well enough to get themselves into a playoff position. Uh, but consistency has been such a huge issue for them, even when they win a game handedly sometimes it's like yeah they did that by having one great period or one and a half great periods and so when you see that happening when people just aren't working hard enough when they're not winning battles when they're not doing the right things that is structure that is coach and uh success has kept the hot glant out of the hot seat and i don't think he's deserved it honestly the problem with the other three lines which i tweeted before is that with the fourth line, they don't have the skill, clearly. They don't have the smarts. But what they do is, is they play a simple game. It's either they dump and chase, pass it back to the blue line, they shoot it, crash the net, that's it. Basic stuff. Now, obviously, with your top three lines, they're more skilled. They could generate a lot of more creative chances. But when you're just, as a whole, missing that essence of basic hockey, you get too fancy, you overpass, you play the perimeter game. How many chances, how many chances were the top three lines where they generated chances between the red dots? Oh my God. I mean, it's playoff hockey. You you think in playoffs, you're going to be able to play the perimeter game. That's the reason why Panarin struggled last playoffs. Now, obviously he, he did. I'm not saying he didn't play. He 
play terrible, but I'm saying is that's the reason why he struggled at points because in the playoffs, you can't play perimeter hockey. So I don't care how good our offense is in that regard when we can't generate chances there because when playoff time comes, the only one that's probably going to be able to is Trocek. And hell, Tarasenko did it actually uh, well tonight, but how is it? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I was preparing to rag on Kreider uh, this podcast, and then he scores a, the game-tying goal, which ended up getting us a point, which is funny. Uh, but I mean, his effort, I mean, that's plagued him his whole career, you know, his, his inter- intermittent effort. But uh, and, and to your point about the perimeter game, I don't like that hockey even in the regular season, to be honest. It's a good way to put in a lot of offensive zone time, you know, but you develop almost no chances. Or what happens is everyone's on the perimeter, so you get one shot, no one's there for the rebound, and the team carries it out. It's like, all right, well, what was that? What good was that minute of rolling it around the boards back and forth? I also hate how many times you know, defenseman has the puck on the point. He's not being pressured yet. He has options and he just slides it around to a 50 50 battle behind the net. I'm like, why are we taking what is, you know, solid possession and just throwing it away, throwing it up to a coin flip about whether the puck hops over his stick, whether the guy gets a stick? And I can't believe it. I'm going to say this, but Goudreau made one of the smartest plays of the game is when there was VC and Mott trying to crash the net and no one else was available and he looked like it was about to be a takeaway. Um, so, when Goudreau's at the blue line, Goudreau just threw it at the net. Yeah, that's that's what you're supposed to do in those situations. Now, obviously, you're not supposed to do that all the time. You got to be a bit more creative. But that's what the top three lines have to do if they're in that situation. Instead of throwing it to the back of the net, throw, hitting it off a shin, or yeah, going to one of those, you know, not likely places where uh, range players got to get it. But it, it's just the top three lines basically flew before they could crawl they didn't stick to the basics and then build up from there the chemistry they went straight to let's see if every single play we could have a highlight real goal um it, it's it, regarding the perimeter and the playoffs it's the whole reason why the strum panarin connection didn't work because they play open ice hockey that doesn't work in the playoffs and that doesn't work down this stretch because things tighten up and mm-hmm. it's 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 concerning because how in the world is this team going to generate chances in the playoffs they're not i mean this team without a serious change is a one and done team the the only thing that gives me a bit of promise is that third period now there were definitely some sloppy moments there were definitely some mistakes but at least there were some things that i'm like okay they timed up a bit They created more offensive chances. Now, the way they were generating offensive chances, I still didn't like, but it was a step in the right direction. Yeah. I I mean, it wasn't like the game was all bad, obviously. I don't mean to sound too doom and gloom about it, but, you know, I'm just looking out, uh, you know, over the past few games. um, And it's not like it's not like Kane or Tarasenko have really added any big spark to the offense. It's it's the same story that it's well, been. Well, Tarasenko, though, he's played terrific. Yeah, no, it's not even that he's played bad. I I, I like I, I like how he plays. But I'm saying, overall, he hasn't been like, oh, this big spark that's completely changed the way our offense plays. Because structurally, oh, no. it, like we were just saying, structurally, it's it's the same problem. Um, because it's not a player problem. It's, as we, as you said, it's a, it's a coach problem. It's a structure problem. What are the play? How are the players supposed to know what to do? They don't know, okay, what's our style of play? What's the philosophy of defense here? Like, what do we do? And well, when, when you're, yeah. 
when your whole offensive system is basically just built around moving it around the perimeter, that means by definition, there are not going to be very many guys in front of the net. So even if you do get a shot off, there's no one there to catch that rebound on the offside for the easy empty, empty net goal. It just it doesn't happen because you can't keep winding around if your guys aren't pinned to the boards or very close to it. It's just a, it's a matter of positioning. And it's, I'm not saying that you should never do that because sometimes you need to control, you need to cycle and you need to do that. But I'm not saying that's hundred percent a wrong thing to do, but that is just obviously what they're doing all the time. And you don't have to do full on crash the net like you would with the fourth line either. You know, there's, there's shades. Exactly. And, and that's, you know what? I mean, really the same thing we were complaining about with the power play for ages this year is, is the same basic complaint uh, with the offensive zone structures that it's, it's too stagnant, it's too predictable and it's too easy to defend. Um, and it relies too much on one pass and one perfect shot. The and, oh, my God, are we not shooting well right now? Oh, oh no, no. Oh. It's it's a nightmare. But there is one thing I like that Galan tried. One thing is the um, Friday Church at Kane line. That's the one thing I could say that looked good. They were generating chances. Now, was it? Wait, I'm sorry. Kane was on that line with Kreider and Trocek, right? I'm not mistaken. Mean, yeah. In the third, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That was the one thing I got. I said that, okay, no, this was uh credit to him on that. But again, like defensively, like everyone's saying, oh my gosh, the defensemen suck. No, 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 no. The forwards are not in their positions. Like there was a play versus Buffalo, I believe they scored, where Heedle was either puck watching and wasn't in front of the net while one of the defensemen went behind the net. Uh, I was, I was trying to. Re- I'm trying to remember. Like basically, the, the Hedo didn't do his job in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah it, it's it's also where say the Rangers finally get the puck right uh, uh, off a rebound from Shesterkin or Orlock, and either they chip it to the side quickly, and then the opposing team gets it again. They take too long and they turn it over, or one of the wingers aren't in their positions on the sides and they're. They've already been either long gone or God knows where they are, and they can't pass to them. And if they are in that position, they're not even prepared uh, to accept the pass. It's yeah. it's it does. There's just the centers have been a problem also in the middle of the ice regarding defense. It's it's just so much basic stuff. Like if you were to tell me, okay, this team isn't the team that it is now. It doesn't have those names. They probably just aren't great, and it's those complex things that they're making mistakes on. No, no, no. It's basic, simple hockey. That's why it's just this team isn't bad. It's the system that's bad. Oh, I I fully believe a more capable coach could take this team all the way to the cup. There's no excuse. The personnel is there. Um, I mean, one thing that I'm surprised Glant hasn't gotten on people about almost all year, but especially lately, um, just given the kind of the player that he was, is there's way too much stick checking. And again, I'm not somebody that's like hit the guy all the time, always take the body, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not that sort of fan that wants to return to old school, you know, bust them up sort of hockey. But God, we do not finish enough checks. And I don't know how many times there's plays where we get scored on where if one guy had just taken the body instead of trying to get, trying to, you know, always go for the stick check we'd be in a lot better shape or they're entering the zone or they're entering the zone and 
one of the defensemen just like reaches out with a stick and then the guy easily guards it and goes around him. And now it's like a two on one mini two on one. It's like, if you were taking yeah. a body, that's it. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's, it's really like that. When you say simple stuff that's being missed, that that's a big one for me that I keep saying is that. And generally when we get a little more physical too, it's amazing how much the ice opens up for us too the other way. Uh, Cause I mean, it's just, it's the fact of the, it's just the fact of stick check. You six check somebody. And even if you, even if it works and you get the puck, that guy is still right there for the play. You hit somebody, you take him out of the play. Now you've got a second, second and a half advantage before he's back on the ice again, you know, ready to make a play. And it's like, you can start turning numbers in your advantage. That's how you get odd man, you know, odd man rushes and things like that. Uh, again, I'm not trying to say you need to turn into a total bruiser squad, but we're way too much puck watching too much stick checking, no not playing hard enough, not playing physical enough. And that, again, you can blame individual individual players. And I do, uh, you know, especially for some of them. But uh, um, it's, again, I'm just going to keep harping at it. If Gallant is not able to take this team deep into the playoffs, I don't know why he should have a job anymore. Because this team is way too talented to, to be a, a middling team. It's one thing if one or two players aren't doing so well. But if yeah. the team as a whole isn't doing great, I get there are a bunch of things right now. There are new players. There's new lineups. Lindgren's out. But that excuse can only go to his, to an extent. There are simple stuff in hockey that you yep. just got to do. Um, yep. Honestly, like everyone's saying right now, like obviously versus Pittsburgh, we only got one point. But versus Buffalo, we're like, hey, at least we got the two points. That's That's not the point anymore. Like I would rather if we played Buffalo and we played a great – three periods of doing all the stuff that we just said and we just got goalied and we lost three to two. I would have rather that than the Rangers oh. won in the way they played because it's all about long-term now. We want to make sure they're good enough so they're able to play that way in the playoffs. Who, who cares about squeaking a win game, what, 65? Nobody cares anymore. It's not about getting points. You have more than enough points. Yeah, I mean, the, the only way this becomes a problem is if – and that's the crazy thing too. Like you look at our recent history, it's like we've not played well and yet we still have won or tied and got a lot of points. Um, I mean, we'd have to absolutely just straight up shit the bed and tank in order to not make playoffs. So yeah, you're absolutely right. What's what's the you know even winning today or getting in? We still actually, I believe. Oh no, no, sorry. No, no, we're we're still statistically possible, but yeah, it's highly improbable. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you want to see the team playing well. And 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 going back to your point earlier, it's like now is the time to experiment. Yeah, now's the time to experiment, but that experimenting is not just wildly throwing out different combinations constantly. The moment you think something's not working, changing it, changing it, changing it, changing it. You know, the word experiment doesn't just mean to just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. You know, an experiment is something where you have controls. And then you try to, you know, control your variables so that way you can actually come up with some, you know, conclusions to your hypothesis. That's that's the point of an experiment. You can't do that if you're constantly mixing up the lines all the time. And yeah, I agree. This is the time to figure out what works best. But give uh, give a line, a, you know, at least a full game or two before you decide that's not working. Not a period, period and a half before it's all back to the, the blender again. That's not experimenting. That's just knee-jerk reactionary garbage, and that's what bad coaches do. Well, here's the thing with that, though. Like, there's a certain point where if they're that bad, you got to change things. But the problem with that is, is if you're gone, if you're that coach, right, 
you see the first two periods and they're so bad. It's, it's, it's an absolute disaster. The simple, obviously the simple things are not happening. Like the basics, forget the chemistry, forget the extra stuff. So you're like, okay, th there's no way this can work. But the thing is they couldn't do the basics in the first place because of the structure. And that's why they're not doing it. But since the coach yeah. doesn't see it that way, therefore he's looking at it. Like if anyone else would look at it without understanding the structure and everything, you'd see, okay, may maybe even though it's only been two periods, okay, maybe it's just something that's not meant to be. Now, it's a bit different now than in like the middle of the season or the beginning of the season. Cause that like, okay, you give them time, but now I, I would, besides with Tarasenko and Kane, it just gotten to a point with other players that it shouldn't take as long anymore to develop that chemistry. And my, my God, if it wasn't for, I know it's just going to play versus Pittsburgh, but thank God we have hope with Shesterkin here. Like I'm not, again, I'm not saying all, all doom because there is some time and we literally saw last year that the Rangers turned on the switch at the playoffs. So I'm not, I'm not saying everyone panic it's over, but there, there's just so much simple stuff. It's. Yeah, no, it, it'd be, it'd be silly to act as if it's over and we're not going to do anything. And if I've given that impression to anyone, I, I, that's not it at all. It's just that there's a lot of things that are really disconcerting right now. And a lot of things that you would hope would be a little bit more locked into the identity of the team at this point of the season and that it's worrying. But again, this team all the way through the lineup can be a Stanley cup team. Worst teams have won the Stanley cup than this, than this lineup hundred percent. It's more now concerning of, of whether or not they're actually going to be able to put it all together and I do think they're being held back. Uh, and I, I, I'm not even going to say his name for the rest of the podcast because I bitch about him too much. Um, but they're being held back. And I hope that they can succeed despite that person. I'm not going to name anymore. Uh, but yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. This team can turn it all around and go on an absolute heater and, and destroy any team. But not the way they've been playing lately, obviously. No. Um... Next segment, what do we got? <laughs> I, fi I figured might as well just go over what line combinations you'd want to try out like why not oh god honestly i don't even know anymore i feel I like mean, it's I, gonna I, every combination is gonna happen anyway but i'm just saying anything you want to say that that's what i mean you know uh you know i i do actually like trocheck and uh and Kreider playing together just because you know their speed and how they attack i i think complements each other well even though they're kind of the same not the same but you know I, I think that makes sense to me. Um, I, I I would like to see Kane on the first line with Zibby. Um, I like to see what that looks like. Um, Who would but, be his wing though? Fucking anybody it doesn't matter. Really? You, you, okay, so not the fourth line. Anyone, okay. anyone, <laughs> anyone, anyone else you want? No, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be Galant in, in, in. No, no, I'm just not messing no, with you. No, but. no, 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 no. But I mean, honestly, like at this point, it's like, yeah, I, I you know. And here's the other thing, too, that's, I guess, a little concerning right now, too, is that the kid line hasn't really been that great lately either, which is obviously why he's been fine breaking, you know, breaking him up today. Uh, you know, Hedl has kind of regressed again. Uh, he's playing more like he was when he's not, you know, before he went on that heater. And now I'm, like, a little concerned. I'm like, 
did, did Drew be like, hey, man, you got to slow it down or we're never going to be able to afford you? And he's like, all right, I'm a team player. I'll, I'll slow it down. <laughs> uh, no, but he's just he's, he, he he seems like he's in a little bit of a rut again. He doesn't seem like he's as confident. He's not beaver tapping with his stick trying to get the puck. He's not making no one's hungry, play. though. No one's like the fourth no. line. If they lose the puck, right, they're not. Oh, well, we tried. And then, you know, skate back. The, the fourth line's like, no, screw you. Like, oh, we're going to take the puck back. But like, yeah, no, this is hard. Yeah. The top three lines are like, oh, we tried. Oh, well, next time. It's again, like, obviously, we don't on this podcast say, oh, it's all about grit. It's all about toughness. It's all about checking. And, and yeah. the funniest thing enough is that we're saying now for the past 30 minutes, <laughs> that's kind of what they need. They need that toughness. They They need that edge. And it's just, yeah, I, I mean, listen. And you don't need gritty. Year. You don't need gritty players to play that way. Exactly. I guess that's the difference: is that some people want just those gritty guys in the lineup, you know, and on the roster. Right. But you don't need that, and and many teams have shown that too: is that you don't need to have tough guys in order to play tough. You don't have right. to have big guys in order to be a team that's tough to play against or that is feared to play against. Those are not the same thing. So I think that's where it could be confusing to some people that like we're like, hey, we're not the whole big you know, grit guy podcast sort of thing. That's not our thing. But, and it's like, well, now you're saying you need nothing but grit. It's like, no, 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 no. There's a middle ground here. There's a middle ground. It's that if you can have skilled players that know how to play tough and with an edge, that's that's the best thing in the world. It's it's the hardest thing to play against. Tarseko's actually been, I mean, yeah, I know I've said it about three times now, but he's one of those players that's actually done that pretty well, uh, especially versus the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, I mean, he would if he just if he was just shooting a little better right now. Like, I think the entire city would be ready to like give him the key to the city at this point. Like, oh, he's, yeah, because yeah, he's fantastic. I I, I love him. I mean, it's why we wanted him. It's Maximum why, NHL why contract for like seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to. I want. I want Dolan to give him an under the table deal. Be like, hey, sign for like one million, and then I'll give you ten million dollars a year for like the next five years after you retire. <laughs> Um, I call that the Sidney Crosby deal because you can't convince me that that they didn't make some handshake deal to be like, we'll take care of you after you're done as long as you don't blow up our payroll to make a championship team. But that's conspiracy theory nonsense that I don't really believe, but sometimes I wonder. But I, like, I guess going into the conspiracy stuff, listen, I, I hate going to conspiracy stuff. Like to talk about, yes, but actually to believe it, no. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But man, it is so hard not to think regarding Pittsburgh and the refs. It's not just the Rangers. I have seen other teams complain about them like playoff time, like, oh, God, we're going to have to go up against them. And the refs just are a nightmare with them. It's there's just so much with them where it's like I hate believing in conspiracies. But, man, how do you I don't know. There's a, there's just way too much. You know, Pittsburgh Mafia, man, they, they bought them all out. Tell you what. I love how they'll like Malkin could hit someone and it's fine, but it's Malkin's a two year old baby when someone shoves him. Now, regarding that Trocheck stuff, besides that, I'm, I'm not even going to go into that, but it's just in general with him, it's just if someone has even a clean hit on him, it's like it's against the rules of hockey. And then all of a sudden, where he, gets mad and it just like slashes someone or hits them from behind. It's just like, well, that's what happens when you get Malkin mad. Like, 
Oh yeah, people just accept it too. It's like, oh, that's what happens. And it's like he's always been a supremely dirty player. And he's not even just like a get even kind of guy. Like he's a swing the stick at your hand hoping to break your hand kind of guy. Yeah. Like he 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 goes hard in such a way that like he really should have been given supplemental discipline at many, many points. But this league is an absolute fucking joke. And it doesn't matter if you injure somebody or you're attempting to injure somebody. Uh, you know, whatever optics that they value is how they determine, you know, what is okay and what isn't. You know, as we've seen, you can get elbow right to the head, and that's that's fine. No supplemental discipline. But God forbid you had a bit of spit on you, right? Yeah, yeah, you, you spit a little absentmindedly. You're not really paying attention and all oh, that's three games for sure. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, Malkin is such – he's a giant piece of shit human being, total garbage trash human being. Um, I'm sure that – you know what? Actually, I'll just stop right there. Yeah, yeah, we we could go we could go on for this for like an hour. I was gonna go on a whole anti-Russian rant with him and and him and Putin and get very vivid. Like, well, I also wanted to what's it called regarding um just this NHL safety board. I I just again that could be like thirty minutes. I it just it's not that I like I understand regarding the Miller thing that it's hard to tell. Like, obviously, it's clear based on the person who did it. Yeah, 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 I, I get it. But that's also why it should have been a game. A right, game. Right. I wouldn't have complained about it. But see, I'm not upset that if he was suspended. Yeah, I thought three, you know, I know there was a, what's it called? People uh, have attempted murder in hockey and gotten less. Gotten less? Maybe. Okay, <laughs> fine. But obviously there was the past, the past uh, incidences where when people spit, they got three games. But I thought this was a unique situation where he should have got one or two, but that's not even the thing I'm mad about. It's just the lack of consistency when it comes to deciding the extremity of an incident and how long it should be for, because you have things where someone gets elbowed in the head or slammed on the ice or cross-checked in the back of the head. And it's n- maybe not even a fine and nothing happens, but then you have something like that. That's worse. How, how can you, it's, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And what I else? Can you, yeah, I mean, what else can you really expect when the league puts big George Peros at the head of it? It's I a mean, joke. I know this was joke three back years when he was ago. Playing. I know this was three years ago, but I hope James Dolan, when he had to give the hundred fifty thousand dollar fine, just brought trucks and trucks of pennies. Yeah, no kidding. That's what I've heard. All right, so I know, I know, we gotta end this part soon, and then get to the segments, but. Last thing, uh, I believe I, – I have a list here. I don't know if you were able to, but I have a list here of things that – kind of a checklist of what the Rangers got to do. Okay. What do you got? All right. So the first one seems – again, I know it's only been two, three games, so we'll see. But Chesty getting back to form, that's the biggest. The biggest, right? yep. You only go as far as Chesty takes you. Yeah. Right? More coordination and more anticipation because there are some times where – the opposing team, like the puck bounces off like the boards or a player, and they kind of seem to know already that it's going to not exactly happen that way, but they go to that place anticipating. And the Rangers have just, my gosh, I've been god awful with that. And then coordination Harris Tanko gave up a goal today by not doing that, too. Right. And the coordination, obviously. Um, yeah. Understanding where you're supposed to be relative to where the other players are. Yeah. Um, getting set lines. I understand that, you know. There's things are going to be in a blender now because you got to see what works, what doesn't work. 
Uh, you got to have set lines by the playoffs, one hundred percent. You can't have question marks of who should be with who when playoffs come around. Um, generate in the middle and dirty areas. That's massive. You you got to generate anything offensively if they're only perimeter wise. You know, generating anything, it's it's not going to work. Uh, basic stuff. I, I guess this also stuff kind of has to do with coordination and structure, but tightening up defensively and less on man rushes because there are some times when the defensemen pinch in when they are really, really not supposed to, I, I hate bashing on Miller like this because one of my favorite players, but that play when he pitched in like with a minute left in the Pittsburgh game, I believe that was him. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I'm like, you don't yep. do that. It's a minute left. You play conservative. That's it. Um, yeah. I mean, you got anything else to add to that list? I know, obviously, I'm not saying they got to be perfect at everything. It's like, okay, better said than done. But the, there are simple things that they aren't doing that have to do with all this. You know, get pucks in deep. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to give a, a player response. We had some good looks. But yeah, had some good, you know, had some good looks. You got to play our game. Can't let them uh, take it to us, you know. Uh, but, you know. You know, we got a point. We're happy that we're looking towards the next game. Um, no, I mean, honestly, I mean, we got to shoot better. I mean, I would have so many shooting drills if I was Glant because it seems like people can't find the fucking net anymore, including guys that should be able to find the net. I'm um, like, make the goalie make a save. Don't I, I, I'm so tired of them roofing, you know, a, a really good scoring opportunity by going three feet over and wide. I'm like, this is unacceptable. Every, I mean, I understand not every shot in the NHL and game situations can be a laser, you know. You know what they should do? Whoever um shoots it to where it's not the chest, but the the side by the glove or block blocker area high, like yeah. under the crossbar, even if even if they don't score, like I don't know, gets like a free stick or something for each shot. That's how bad it is. Yeah. But oh, they're they're <sighs> Yeah, I, I, just the shooting has to get so it has to get so much better, and that's one of those things we were hoping like that turns around and kind of regresses back to the mean. I, I don't even know what their shooting percentages of the team lately, but I just know from watching it that it has not been good. Um, but also, as crazy I guess, as this seems, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I no, just as crazy as this seems, I could see Lindgren coming in next game, and all of a sudden things fall into place because it doesn't make any sense. Because when I explain it to like another fan that isn't a Rangers fan, they're like, "Dude, that doesn't make any sense." You have a He's not, he's not like, um, not elite, but he's a really, really, really good defensive defenseman. You take mm-hmm. that one guy out that doesn't make your whole team collapse. I'm like, I'm telling you, it's a <laughs> different team. It makes no sense. Um, well, I, I, I mean, no, it, 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 it does in that, you know, that it allows Fox to do what Fox does. But that's the thing. I don't think it's just with Fox though. Like, don't you see that when Lindgren isn't on the ice, there's still some form of, it makes no sense because he's not even on the ice. But the well, whole team- I mean, because well, he plays physical, he plays hard, and I think that that kind of behavior is contagious too. So right. I think there's some knock-on effects there. But also, it's not just Fox making the play; it's like Fox making the good play that allows somebody else to make the good play in the neutral zone to get up the ice and make an. You know, it's like he doesn't always necessarily have to be the one that makes the play that shows up on the highlight reel. But when he's able to play his game, he's able to like do that little extra thing that sets up the next guy to set up the next guy sort of thing. So a lot of the stuff in mean, sports, especially a game that's as fluid as hockey, there's it's knock on effects, you know? Mm-hmm. And so is Lindgren himself a game changing player? Like, no, he's but not. Contagious wise. Like, as you said, with structure and toughness, like 
his but his game is yeah yeah, yeah it is uh, so yeah I mean ho- hopefully this all falls into place but yeah I, I think you kind of hit upon everything that has been uh that needs to be done oh I've been holding this in for like three days man <laughs> yeah <laughs> There's a question that I have here that I actually almost want to. In fact, I will wait for Luca to be back because I, I want to hear what he has to say about it too. But I have a really good question, kind of a good looking back over the year question uh, relating to um, uh, Gigi. I don't want to say his whole name because I've been talking about him too much. Oh, what does it matter? But anyway, so yeah, we'll get to it. It'll be a good question. Almost want to give a fan opinion. We might even put a poll out about this because I'd be very curious what fans think as well. So. Okay. All right, all right. Um, yeah, I think a good gonna... Rangers stir the pot we'll have for next week, man. There, there we go. Uh, but we got because um, we recorded this after this segment. It's a little, a little bit weird here because we have two stir the pots and yeah, a few other stuff. One thing though, I did two things rather is stick around to watch Berkey make an absolute fool of himself with his top five. <laughs> that <sports>. was a disaster. <laughs> I'm that telling was... you guys. If you're like, all right, I don't really care about the segments, you're going to want to hear the top five sports. <laughs> that was a disaster. <laughs> that was a real disaster. Um, right, when I, right, right when that happened, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, again, like, obviously, I know we went on a thing here for 30 minutes saying, and it's sounding like, from the listener's perspective, we're screwed. No, we're it's, not. We're not screwed. It's just concerning that there are, problems that you are worried not that won't get fixed but they think don't need to be fixed if that makes sense because yeah yeah but again Lindgren can come back I, I I'm still in full confidence this team that they could win the cup nothing there but it's just again it's just a, a lot of stuff that got to be fixed um and I believe that's it uh Luca's gonna come on now we're gonna do the segments and top five but uh yeah we're gonna transition here all righty, we are back with Luca and Brett with for segments, guys. Um, yeah, let's get started. So I figured let's start with around the NHL. So question for you both: Who would you rather play in round one, Carolina or the Devils? And explain why, Luca. You want to go first? Devils' uh, lack of experience. I don't know. I mean, I, I they're super talented, uh, and they do scare me. I'm not saying like they don't scare me at all, uh, but there's a certain aspect of getting there the first time. Uh, also, I feel like they don't have – in any matchup, the Rangers have a better goalie. Uh, but defensively and goalie-wise, I feel like the Rangers kind of uh, have the edge against the Devils. They might have the edge against both teams, uh, although our defense obviously the past 10 days hasn't really – you can't really count it because the craziness that's been going on. Um yeah, I would I would say the Devils mainly just because also like it 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 really chews up the rivalry again because it's it the rivalry's been dormant for a little bit you know and like not it's like still you hate Devils uh, they hate the Devils but like it hasn't been Eastern Conference Finals since, you know what I mean like since 2012 like that was the last time they played I think in the playoffs so like it's been about 10 years now or 11 years I can do math. Uh, you know, since all that happened. And, uh, yeah, I think that would be a really fun thing. But also, like, Carolina, in a way, uh, wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing. I, I don't know. It, it's like I, I'm not going to really sit there and root for either. Whatever comes, just beat them. 
Uh, I have to go Carolina. Uh, honestly, I feel like this is a true coin flip between the two of them. Um, honestly, I, I think Carolina just because it's kind of, and I'm not trying to make a pun here, it's the devil I know. I don't know what this devil's team is like in the playoffs. Um, I know they have a lot of weapons that scare me, and Carolina should always scare us, but we always seem to kind of have their number anyway. And so there's just a part of me that gut instinct wants to go with Carolina instead. Um, but, you know, honestly, I, I feel like it's 50-50. I feel like we should be able to beat both teams, but God, do we need to see a lot more out of either out of the Rangers if we're going to beat either team right now? But that's my answer. Yeah, I, I got to lean towards Brett here, but it's kind of contradicting to say, or it might not make a ton of sense here, but in a sense, the series versus Carolina seems like it's just going to be straight up terrifying. But it's like, again, like you said, no matter how much they outplay us or any of that, we always have their number. We always beat them in the end. So all that series is just like straight up terrifying. Like, again, I kind of have that um, thought in my head knowing like, okay, we're just going to beat them. But with the Devils, even though, it, it, again, like they're that unknown, it just seems that they, as much as I hate them, they would beat uh, the ones it seems out of the two that would knock us out of the playoffs. But again, like they have also there, there's, yeah, there's a certain fear of losing to your arch rival when like they're so young. That's just a certain embarrassment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and what's it called? Again, they're smaller. I, I know I, I hate that term with like the grit and the toughness, but you got to wonder how their younger stars who are smaller um, play in a playoff style uh, hockey because we've seen stars around the league who are smaller, who either takes time to adjust, doesn't, you know, it takes a year or two. And then also they have questions with goaltending. Um, there's a lot of questions there. It, it seems like they could just, I, I'm not going to say get swept by anyone, but I'm saying is that it, it, it either could be like they're just going to be an extremely dangerous team or someone's going to knock them out in like six games. Uh, so, yeah, there's that uncertainty there. And with Carolina, you kind of know what you're getting. Um, they don't have Pacioretty. Uh, they, we have Trocek now, but they have Burns. So, I don't know. Like, if Shesterkin's on top of his game, like he was in Buffalo, Hellman, I, I don't think – on top of every weapon the Rangers have right now, if Shesterkin's on his game like that, I mean, I, I don't know how we don't beat both teams. I'm not saying, like, game seven. I'm talking about, like, versus the Devils, like, six games in Carolina, six games. I'm not, you know, saying it's going to game seven again. So, um, yeah, I, I guess that's it for that, unless anyone has any thoughts regarding that. Or maybe versus if Eastern Conference final, if we play Boston. I mean, let's get out of the first round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to say ECF yet. Yeah, I don't, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Well, wouldn't you, though? I mean, obviously, you want to play the better team in the second round. But it also makes sense that when you win that first playoff series, you're riding that high. Your confidence is at an all-time high. You have more – yeah, you have more confidence. You have feel that structure. So that's going to be when you're at your best. So, I, I mean, that, yeah, I, I'd rather play Carolina in the first round than Devils in the second. And we're, hey, maybe Devils just totally flop in the first round. I don't see it happening, but yeah. 
Um, all righty. And also to mention, yeah, as you said, with the rivalry, imagine if they do manage to knock us out of the first round. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that wouldn't be fun. Anyway. Why would you even say that right now? Huh? Again. Well, it's something like that right now. I, I'm sorry. I, I, g- give me a break here. Like we we're all here at like nine fifteen, and uh, gotta throw that around. Come on. Screw daylight savings, man. That's all I have to say right now. It's the worst day ever. Screw daylight <laughs> savings. We're actually we're recording the segment spit at nine fifteen in the morning. God, it is hell. Um, okay. My, my apologies for that. <laughs> um. Stir the pot. Anyway, okay, this is either going to be one of the worst ones or one of the best ones. But again, I I did this one at like three in the morning, so why not? Uh, McDavid plays a whole season, regular season, with a wooden nineteen eighties stick. How many points does he get? Uh, is are the goalies wearing the same pads from that era? No. Uh, he scores a hundred points. He's on pace for like 160 right now. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like I'm, I'm I'm subtracting 60 points. Like that's that's right. No, 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 I get, I get it. Um, it doesn't have that curve there. Remember, he can't lift it up or anything. It's basically gonna be like. Wait, wait, wait. You said what era stick does he have? 1980s. Okay, well he has a curved blade then still. Yeah, oh, he has, he has a curved sorry. blade. They have curved blades. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Curved. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. 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 Because that 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 definitely changes it. If you're going like old school 1950 straight blade wood stick versus like an 80s Sherwood, those are two totally different numbers. So I just want to clarify which one. No. You no. Actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I got. I got actually mixed up here. Okay. No. No. I did mean 1980s where it does have a little where it does have that curve. Okay. Um, but no. But zero flex whatsoever. You're, yeah. Zero. You're, you're, yeah, the ice will flex more than the sick. Um, yeah, uh, honestly, because so much of his point, uh, his point producing ability has not. Unlike Ovi, like if you said Ovi, I'm like Ovi scoring four goals. <laughs> that's that's my my because like his weapon is completely removed. But that's not how McDavid scores uh, goals or you know or gets assists. I mean, it's his lightning feeds. It, it, it's lightning speed. It's his great hands. So I'm I'm he's at least still a point per. I'm going I'm going 82 points. Yeah. Okay. So let's say because that definitely ended quicker than I thought. So let, let let's say if it if it was a 1950 stick, I would if it was 1950 stick, I'd go point per game because like all this stuff is like skating. Like he 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 gets into positions. Now, granted, maybe he can't control the puck as well because of that situation but i feel like if he grew up playing with that stick then he would know how to like operate with it like oh i know i'd I'd dock up i would i would make it i would make it a point per game he's 82 all i know is is like if if you're saying a point per game let's say what he would score like 20 goals because probably he would have to heavily rely on assists like maybe 15 of those goals are tap-ins and five are like deking out on breakaways that's that's it yeah He's gonna his uh he's gonna score a lot more backhand goals though. I was just gonna say his backhand would be right, fucking right, right. unbelievable. Yeah. His backhand, all of a sudden he's like, damn, like yeah, we took that away. He didn't score as many goals like straight on, but 
fucking scored 28 backhand goals this year. Ennis, <laughs> you know, like I can see that happening. Yeah, like one one was from the blue line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is, is with his speed, with his hands, with a straight bladed stick, boy, that, that really starts to take away stuff. And I, I think... I think I'm going to go under Luca there. I don't think he'd be quite a point per, but he'd be sitting at like, I mean, not much less, I think, honestly, 65, 70 points. Just because, yeah. Something like that. You, have you ever, have either of you ever played with a straight blade for any amount of time? Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm, but my back, you know, I don't sick. think, I don't think so. Yeah, it's, it is, it changes how you play and control the puck to such a degree because it's it's like you're playing patty cake. It's like yeah, you can't you can't really truly corral the puck. You can't. No one can see the hand motions I'm making right now. And that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's. I, I, think I it's did. Pretty, they were beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> you can't really like. I mean, you can roll your wrist, but you can't do it the same way. It's like the puck wants to just hop off, so you end up being way more just bumping the puck along in front of you. It's not fun. So I, I think that would really hamper him. But then again, is he the only person in the league doing this or the whole league is converted to this? No, no, only him, only him. Okay, yeah, then then I uh, straight blade, I'm going like, yeah, I'm going 65 points is what he gets. Yeah, I, I played a game with a flat oh. blade once and yeah. man, did I probably shot more backhand shots in that one game that I probably did my whole life because that's that's all you can do <laughs> there's nothing really much else um my dad has a funny imagine story being that... yeah uh, my dad has a funny story the first time he played with a uh a curved blade because he'd grown up playing with a straight blade the first time he did it the first shot he took was just a wrister and he put it up into the balcony of the of the arena because he was so used to the wrist action that he he had to use to get the puck up that by the time he had a curb blade, he was just sailing him like 30 feet in the air. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Imagine being, imagine being one of the guys who gets outscored by McDavid and you have like the new stick <laughs> and he, and he has, and he has the flat blade. That'd be funny. You know, good problem. You get, be you, you get relegated effective. to the AHL. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It was great then. You know though who would be most affected by um, goalies? The, no, 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 no. I'm saying player wise, the oh. flex of the blade and the curve. Elias Pettersson, because if you ever mm. see his shot, he yeah. the flex, the curve. I mean, like without that, I, I don't know how. Because he's not such a big guy, right? He uses that a lot with regarding the flex. If that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like a lot of I feel like everyone uses like an eighty flex, and they all fucking like bend it like a goddamn like freaking like violin string. It's like it's ridiculous. Like all of them do it. Like like even like Zabanjad like is like bent in half sometimes. Every every modern guy's shot is heavily reliant on that, but that's why I don't think Pedersen would be the more the, the most effective. I think it really would be Ovi because. I, I see Pedersen scoring goals in other ways than just a big shot, you know, uh, lined up and yeah. where he flex from. Where like Ovi, like it, it, not anymore, it didn't used to be this way, but now he he basically just scores that one goal, his same goal, and so I think without that, he's like an old slow man out there 
without his one weapon that's still effective. Whereas like PD is still like still has really good hands and still is like you know he's a really good all around player and uh, and he, he would I mean he would definitely take a hit. You're absolutely right, but um, I think he scores goals enough variety of ways that it's I think it's Ovi that's the most affected. But I also hate Ovi, so I can be biased. All right, so I got one more stir the pot here, uh, and this is actually kind of semi serious. Um, so I'm going to paint the picture for you. In 2000, Devils are in first place. Uh, and on March 23rd, Robbie Fatorik was fired by Lou Lamarillo and replaced by, I believe it was, and not Jacques Lemaire, one of the, one of the, whoever the hell it was, um, to basically take over as the head coach, put a system in place before the playoffs, and they went on and won the cup. Yes, is the answer. My stir the pot, my stir the, my stir yes. the pot is should Chris yes. Drury do the yes. same thing? Yes, 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 one hundred percent. Because I've yeah. been, I so it's it's just like, and I'm not even like being, I'm not trying to be sarcastic about this. I'm being dead serious. This this team has one shot now. Granted, like the window for this franchise is open, but this specific team has one kick at the can. Kane, Tarasenko, all these guys are gone. Goudreau's most likely gone at the end of the year. I, You have to give yourself the best chance, and I, th- you have the best players right now. You have you, one of the best rosters in the league. If you, And this is also a, th- a thing, too. If they don't make it past the second round, I think, if they, and they keep Gallant, I think there's zero chance that he is back next year. Because he has no excuse right oh, now. Zero, zero. Yeah, going back to going back to our conversation with Neil Smith. Neil Smith said, "You know, your job as GM is to take every excuse away from the head coach." He took every excuse away from Gallant that he could possibly have. You know what I mean? Um, so, I, I it's, it's just something that I've been thinking about, and it's just I don't have a. The only thing I don't have a good feeling about is him. Now that being said, I. Have zero idea who you would replace him with at this point of the season. Um, the only person that came to mind, and this is such like you have to be a psychopath to pull this trigger and and go ahead with this. Oh, is I know where Chris Knobloch. Uh, oh no, uh, is to fire him and then go with Chris Knobloch. Um, there's a guy that we can't talk about, uh, but he would obviously be the number one choice. You know what I mean? Unless he is or not. I don't know what his situation is, whatever. I'm not even going to go there. Um, but Knobloch, he had a very short window when he when he came in and, and replaced Gallant um, for COVID reasons. Team played really well. Now, granted, that was a short time. They also played the Flyers, who sucked ass last year. Um, so how much of it was him and how much of it was nothing? It was just circumstance. You know what I mean? Uh, Make a March? I don't know. Yeah, and it was in March. Um, it was St. Patrick's Day, actually. Um, it was a Wednesday. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 something that I've thought about a lot. Would you pull the trigger and do that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and you I, have the because at this point, 
at this point, I mean, I've never been, I mean, for a long time, I've not been a big fan of Gallant. And I think that, you know, whatever value he has, he almost tells you he has no value just by what he says he doesn't do. Um, and I've been over that before that by his own admission, he doesn't really do a whole lot and by his own admission. His system isn't any different than almost anyone else's in the league. Obviously he's not great at, uh, changing things up mid game for, for the benefit. Uh, and yeah, I mean, at this point, a lot of people, I'm sure some, the more positive minded people could say like, well, you know, they're still gelling as a new team. You know, they added these players and everyone's still figuring it out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you know what? This team is way too talented to be playing like they're, uh, how uninspired they're playing and against teams that they should be absolutely steamrolling. And I think we all know that and agree on that. So to me, there's no more scathing indictment uh, of Glant right now than, than the last few games. Um, it's just inexcusable at this point. And yeah, I think at this point, it's worth it to go with almost anybody. The thing is, you're right. You have to be a psychopath. There's no way Drury's doing this because then, then the onus is, I think, is on him if they do bounce out the first round. Right now, he yeah, like, and see what happens. Yeah, when the when Lou Lamarillo did this, he did it in 2000 after he already had like three trips to the conference finals and at least one Stanley Cup. You know what I mean? Like he he yeah. didn't do it in year two of or year three of his his contract. Um, yeah. So it's it's you know it's it's he's not going to do it. I feel like the earliest he would do it is at the end of a short playoff run, which unfortunately means that this was all waste. Yeah. Um. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Wait. So Brett, who who did you say you were replacing with? Oh, I, it, honestly, anyone at this point, because I I know that Galant isn't going to do anything. There's there's nothing of value that he adds. So anyone is fine. I don't care. Bring up Knobloch. That's fine. Fucking, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mike Kelly is just an analyst right now. Fucking throw him in the mix. Why not? I was thinking about him. The only thing I have regarding him, though, is is that it could have just been when he was with that team, they were known to stink in the playoffs. But correct me if I'm wrong. He was never a good, never good in the playoffs. Ever. Uh no, but neither was Trotz until he won a cup with uh, oh, you know, enough, fair enough. With you yeah, know, I mean, I, he won it pretty old. I I I don't blame him for the playoff failures like of the Capitals so of all those years. Uh, I mean, he took that team to the playoffs and they were a strong team even in the playoffs as well. And sometimes sometimes you can do everything right and not get the result you want. That's the nature of sport. So I I don't blame him. I think he's a solid coach. And you know what the thing is, I know he actually has a system. Um, I I can look at it and define it. I mean, Gallant. I still don't know what the fuck we're doing half the time, and it doesn't make. Well, this is a, it, it, the interesting thing about Boudreaux is like he jumped into Vancouver last year, and then they had immediate results. Yeah. Um, that granted, they didn't, they didn't make the playoffs, but like you know, they they had a nice run at the end of the year last year, especially to the point where they you know hired uh, in the regular season. Obviously, that was a complete shit show. What happened during this season? Uh, but yeah, it's I don't know. Um, I also think that it's actually not out of the realm of possibility if the Rangers lose, say, all three games to the Penguins this week. What the hell is the NHL schedule? Like, I know we always complain about it because it's bad. Dude, it's, dude, it's hey, it's rivalry week. Get used to it, Burke. Oh, my. You want to see the schedule for the next two weeks? It's ridiculous. Pittsburgh, Washington, Carolina. Car- what the hell? This is, oh my gosh! I'm yeah, concerned. I'm just saying that this, 
it could timeline wise, you know, at the end of the next week or two, March 23rd was when Lou Lamarillo pulled that cord uh, in 2000. We have Pittsburgh three times and Carolina twice in that time span. I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? It's not out of the realm of possibility if they if they play like shit in those five or six games that something happens. That, yeah. That's a very realistic situation. You also got um, – Anyway – yeah, um, I just sorry. want to mention. No, one no, no, thing. sorry. No, no, it's all good. Yeah. I just want to mention one thing that you also have to think about Chris Jury. Now, I don't think his job is uh, he has a hot seat yet, but we have to remember though how he again how he came to be in this position, which was someone got impatient and yeah. wanted changes. So he's got to look for himself. Hold on, like you know, I see that. The coach over here is not doing great, and then this is our only chance. I obviously this it this, could it could also be Glenn Sather from the top, who's just like he like whispers in his ear. He's just like, yeah, man. Honestly, he's a Glenn Sather guy, so I don't want to get into him because that that would take a whole hour. But and obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we got very limited time right now, so we should do a we should do an entire episode during the summer where we're all smoking cigars, uh, and we do an it's a Glenn Sather podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I would, I would, I don't, I don't know if I'd change coach because just because how far it is in the season, it's just though you look at the defense, I know Ligren was out, but it doesn't matter. I know he's called the glue, but defense cannot be that sloppy, messy, lack of structure. It, it, it's the national hockey league. I get you right. It's practice. been that way all season. It's been that way all season. It's, it's not just the last two weeks. True. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, though it has been a little bit worse with some things, but yeah, it, it's just it's it's bad. It's it's really really bad. And the problem is is the substitute. And is it enough time? But I th- yeah, I, it's 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 look. It's I, there's a reason why it's called stir the pot. Just wanted to get no, you no, guys no, no, thinking no. chaotically this morning. Right. Just one more thing though regarding I I realize because what I've said before regarding Chris Drew is that it's possible though that he doesn't fire because what happens is is what happens is if he does fire someone him now he brings in another coach mm-hmm. and they lose in the first round right yeah that that really screws him up while he can say though <laughs> if they do get screwed up by um if they do lose in the first and second round with Golan, he can then say now hold on let me get another coach let me try someone else and yeah and get another kick at the can but but anyway we gotta get this rolling here so Luca all you all right top fives so since today's Sunday, the Oscars are on tonight. Uh, I figured we'd do a, a top five sports movies. Now, obviously, like, can't really do top five hockey movies. I mean, we could, but it, we'd be, I feel like we'd be running pretty thin uh, at number five. Um, not a lot of hockey movies out there. I mean, there is, but, you know, uh, I wanted to make it more expansive for everyone. So top five, mine, number five is going to be, the movie came out a few years ago, Ford versus Ferrari. That movie, absolutely, it fucks. That movie is awesome. It is sick. Uh, I think, I don't know who directed it. I think it was like Michael Mann, but it was a sick movie. Just like from beginning to end, it is such a fun movie. Um, if you haven't watched it, go watch it immediately. It's so much fun. Uh, it's funny. I, I had Ford vs. Ferrari, and, and even though I think it's a better movie than the one I'm going to list, 
Um, my uh, number five is uh, is an F one movie called Rush. Uh, mm-hmm. About the uh, the season of competition between James Hunt and Nicky Lauda, one of the best F one drivers of all time, uh, directed by Ron Howard. And it is just one of those, it's so much visceral fun. Like every scene in that movie is vital to the movie and is like fucking captivating. And I love watching it. I've seen it like 10 times and just talking about it, I'm probably going to watch it again. But while I think Ford vs. Ferrari is like a better movie overall, I like I enjoy Rush on such a visceral level that that's my number five. So funny story about that. I was a uh, bartender or I was serving in LA at that point when it came out, like I'm like 15 or 16. Uh, and the guy who did the sound on the movie, not the score, but the sound, like came into my restaurant, like on opening night or opening day, wherever it was, and just sat there with his buddy and had like four bottles of wine. Like nice. they got absolutely blasted. And nice. he was the coolest guy ever. He was so much fun. But like, yeah, he did all the sound on a movie. Um, nice. And he was having, they were having a day. Nice. Okay, so before I say my list, one is that I'm going to get a lot of... Uh, Berkey's already making apologies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah already. big time. Because I also made this list at three in the morning last night, and I'm like, I'm missing one or two big movies. And after this pod immediately, I'm going to remember that. I'm like, ah, uh, shoot. So, because, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, I- I'm forgetting too. So if, if you say these two, I'm like, oh, it would be instead of number five. Uh, but five was just basically the blind side. Okay, that's just 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 hear me out because I I I know I'm forgetting one or two, but but basically yeah. Um, I watched that when I was younger. The blind side is really good. Um, some of the with so with some of these movies, obviously either it's a documentary or it's based off a true story. Yeah. But if it's one of these type of movies, you got to have a balance between the emotional aspect of it and the uh, actual sport aspect of it, which they did. Yeah, to some degree, pretty well. Um, again, <laughs> I know I'm forgetting two that would be easily in the top five. So uh, let's just immediately go to Luca, and that's it. <laughs> uh, number number four for me is going to be Creed. Um, I. I mean, like they rebooted the entire Rocky franchise with this, but it was so awesome. The, and I rewatched it this week because I went and saw Creed three. But Creed is so good, uh, and it is a travesty, a national travesty that Sylvester Stallone didn't win the Oscar for this. Uh, he is so good in this movie; it is unbelievable. Uh, that's my that's my number four. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I think this one's going to be a curveball, but goddamn, this movie is great. And I'm so happy that Allison Janney won Best Supporting Actor or Actress. Yes. Uh, I, Tanya, baby. I, Tanya. Mm. Such a great movie. And even though I knew the story going into it a bit, you know, um, by the end of it, I'm like, God, did they hype up these people, you know, for the screen? And that was what the credit roll having the actual people being interviewed to be like, no, no, no. These people were exactly this big of lunatics, and it was just so amusing. But that movie is so entertaining. Everyone does a brilliant job. But I, I love Allison Janney. She's one of my favorite actresses, and I was so glad when she won for that. She's so good. It. Number four, I Tanya. Oh, for uh, sure. I'm already seeing the theme here regarding your lists, and my God, I'm gonna get roasted. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Absolutely demolished. 
Uh, okay, 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 okay. Um, number five, number four is Miracle on Ice. I, I, that's it. Don't know no, that's it. like, that's I, a, I, I mean, that that's a, yeah. Oh, wait, um, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was not, I'm sorry. That was not number four. So, shoot, spoiler alert. Um, number four. I feel, was, I feel uh, like, I feel like that was going to be much higher for you. Yeah. No, 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 no. It, I, I read it wrong. Number four was Dodgeball. <laughs> no, great movie. That was a great movie, but I'm saying like with the theme great. of what we're doing here, it sounds like more serious movies. And I just throw oh, them. Oh no, 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 no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna That's... switch, I'm gonna switch that up real quick for you. Okay. My number three is. Uh, yeah, pays my off, number bro. three is. Yeah, my number three is a league of their own. Absolutely. No! How dare you take that from me? All right, go ahead. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just a league of their own, man. Uh, Tom Hanks is so funny in this movie. It makes you piss your pants. Um, it's one of the most quotable movies. Uh, I am distraught that they tried to reboot it as a, as a TV series on Amazon. And I, <laughs> I, I, watched, I watched, I think, nine minutes and 47 seconds of it and then just stopped. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a classic. If you haven't seen it, watch it immediately. League of Their Own is the best sports movie ever made, and I will fight anyone to the death on that. Um, whoa, whoa, I, whoa. I think a lot of the reason why it doesn't get the respect it does is honestly because it's about girls. And yeah, I'm going to fucking go there because it really is. I've heard people say that, like, what's with girls baseball? It's like, if you ever watch the fucking movie, it's, it's hilarious. It's touching. It's a great fucking period piece, too. Everything about that movie is a fucking 10. There's so nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, my number three is Moneyball. Um, that's one of those movies. I think I've seen that. Other than one other movie on this list, I've seen that movie the most of almost any movie I've ever seen in my life. It's just oh, so. That's the one. That was the one. <laughs> that's the one. I was. <laughs> Brad is just like incredible. Like every line he delivers is just like it's just incredible. I I don't even know how, how to describe it. It's just the most watchable movie. I know some people don't like it because it leaves off a lot of key players that were really big in that season for Oakland. But that's the thing. Like it's a it's a movie. It's not meant to be. Uh, you know, it's not meant to follow twenty five players around. Like it picked the people it picked that had a compelling story that did impact that team in that season. Um, it's like, it doesn't matter that Mark Mulder wasn't talked about in that movie. Some people go like, what a bullshit movie. He didn't talk about Mark. I'm like, who gives a fucking shit about Mark Mulder? That's not the point of a movie. You idiot. Is the movie like unbelievably entertaining? Can you rewatch that movie over and over again and still enjoy it? Yes. Number three. That's okay, great. So for the record, Moneyball was the one I forgot. So, so just put that to whatever one you want. Nope. You have mind. the blind side above Moneyball. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be, though, this is going to be like an insult, insult on the wound here. Um, <laughs> number three, just, just because I did watch this movie a bunch of times when I was younger. So there's probably that nostalgia there, not just because of the quality of the movie. Uh, was Happy Gilmore? That's why are you upset about that? Because no, because no, no. I'm That's, I'm regretting Moneyball now. I, you're I, saying I, you're saying it like you're embarrassed. No, I I'm upset that I forgot Moneyball. I'm really upset about that. Anyway, no, no. Uh, I think you're uh, ashamed to have Gilmore, and you shouldn't be ashamed to have Gilmore. No, I'm not. No. I'm, I'm not ashamed to have Gilmore. I was just thinking at the same time regarding Moneyball. I'm like, how did I forget in sports movies top five 
Moneyball. I don't, I don't know. know. But anyway, anyway, yeah, my my uh, number three is Happy Gilmore. Uh, just flat out hilarious, and a lot, a lot of a lot of memes were born from that movie, to say the least. Oh, yep, phenomenal. Um, all right, number two for me is Rocky. Absolute classic. Uh, it's like redefine the entire sports movie genre in the best ways possible. Amazing. Uh, um, the original. Uh, that's my number two. It's a good one. It's a good one. Rocky is a that that was he that was right on the end of my list. Uh, I think even though Rocky one is definitely like the best movie, I think um, Rocky four is still my favorite just because the whole Ivan Drago Russian you know Soviet storyline is just so much fun. But goddamn, anyway, oh, ridiculous. Oh, I good remember pick. like the quote like he's cut the Russians cut like that's like yeah, and of course the my favorite if he dies. He dies. It's just the best. It's great. Um, anyway, uh, my number two is uh, Miracle. Um, I've seen the movie a million times. Uh, a really special moment for me in the theater. I watched that movie with my uncle. Um, and he worked with Herb Brooks back in the 80s when he was a coach for the Rangers. So at the end, I remember looking over and he was real teared up about it and whatnot. And uh, after the movie, asking him questions about what Herb was like and what was like working with him was just like a really cool experience. Um, just a fun memory that I have with that movie, but it just, I get chills every single time here around Michael say, do you believe in miracles? Every time I watch that movie and I've seen it so many times, I still get chills down my spine every single time. So great movie. Uh, yeah. My number two is, well, I said this a bit earlier cause I read this wrong. My number two is miracle on ice. Um, that's pretty much it. And great movie. Obviously I wasn't born when it actually happened. And I know this is, uh, not a documentary of it, but it was from what I've heard it because of the cold war and because everything that was going on, it was just a bunch of college guys being a team that was the equivalent of a, a professional, you know, a professional team. It's just ridiculous. I actually watched the game a bunch of times. Um, and one question, I, I know that we're cutting short on time here, but one question, why did Russia I, I can't understand this to this day. Why did Russia um, change goalies? Ben Stradiak, yeah. I mean, that was probably, if you were going by controversial decisions in sports history, like benching Tretiak was probably one of the biggest because he was the best goaltender in the league by far. But he let in a real softy. And I, yeah, I think the coach... You're giving the U.S. a hope like that i i i don't know man you, because that shows you're afraid of losing to them and if the if the american team had any thought at any point where they really had a chance to win i know you 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 ask them and they'll tell you we always thought that we could win but when that really solidified it must have been right after that because that showed the rush uh yeah. that russian team had a weakness they could be beat I, I never understood that to this day, why he pulled him. I don't care if he let up a half-court shot. That, if it was a half-court shot. It was, I think it was a combination of it was real. It was a real softy that he let in. And I think it was a message to his team of like, I don't fucking care who you are. 
get out there and fucking beat these people. I think that was the idea behind it. Obviously, I think it was a massive mistake, and I'm sure he probably does now too. But I think that was his logic at the time. Is he saw his team not playing up to what, what they were what they should be doing. He saw his goalie let in a softy, and he was like, I need to shake this team and kick this team in the ass and get them moving. And that's why he did it. Right. Yeah. I just I I, I don't get it because you're playing an underdog Perfect. team that the whole arena's you know hyping behind, and you want to give them that hope and show them that. You're so much scared of them. You think they could beat you? I, I beyond, I, it's beyond me. Why, why he pulled it? But anyway, I was like forty years ago. So, all right, we'll go. All right, my number one, my number one uh, is going to be Happy Gilmore, and I say that fucking proudly. I say that with. <laughs> no, no, it was the money ball that I was upset. Happy Gilmore was a terrific movie, but no, it was no, the money ball. So, it's okay. You're 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 ashamed. You're ashamed to like comedy. You're you're like one of those Oscar high. Well, no, when when you guys talk about all these serious movies, and then I come out with Happy Gilmore, <laughs> I, it, it's not regarding the top five of sports anymore. It's regarding the theme of the the, the, the list. <laughs> Oh, anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't need to say anything about it. It's it's hilarious. That's all. Yeah, no, it's a classic for a reason. It's a good one. I like it. Um, okay, mine, which was already said here, but it is the best sports movie of all time. It's a league of their own. I watched that movie. I remember the one little story I have with that is I remember my brothers had seen it. Um, when they were on vacation and they came back and they're like, they told my dad, like, Hey, we got to go see this movie. You're going to love it. And my dad was like, Hey, we're going to go see, we're going to go to the movies tonight. And I was like, Oh, sweet. Three ninjas just came back. Clearly that's the movie that everyone wants to see this summer. Um, And then they're like, no, it's a league of their own. I was like, what is a league of their own? I was like, Oh, it's this movie about, you know, uh, world war two women's baseball. And I was like, I don't want to watch some girls baseball movie. So I watched like the first 20 minutes, like as a kid, just like my arms folded, like being like all pissed off. Like I'm going to purposely hate this movie. You know, when you like want to hate something, yeah. that was how I started watching that movie. And by the end I was like, okay, that's like, that the best shows how good I've of a movie seen. it is. That shows how good of a movie it is. When, yeah. even when you're going in there to hate it. Even when you're going in there, hate it because you didn't get to see the movie you wanted, Three Ninjas, which I, I'll admit now is a far inferior movie to A League of Their Own. Uh, but I was a kid and that movie had karate in it, so I wanted to see it. Wait a minute. That's your number one, right? Yeah, League of Their Own, yeah. Okay, unless I spazzed out. You did. Which I 100% did. Uh, well, going, going to the thing, my number one is Rocky. Did you not okay. have Rocky? No, I didn't, no. I got fine, 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 All fine, right. fine, fine. Yeah, I, cool, 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 cool. I, I, I can't really talk because I have money ball. But... It would have been number six on my list. I debated it. I decided that even though I think Rocky is a more important movie, in many ways it's a better movie, I just personally enjoy watching Rush more than I like watching Rocky. No, no, and no. 100% why... fair. 100% yeah. fair. 100% fair. But um... Rocky is amazing. I love Rocky. I love the whole series. I've seen it many times. Even the, and the reboots are all great, too. I'm not trying to... It would literally. It there was, was four Rockies made. That was it. There was four Rockies made, and now three Creeds made. That was it. There's no other movie that exists about Rocky. What about you? Know you mean you're gonna forget Tommy the Machine oh, Gun, gosh. which is like the best nickname ever, though, right? Tommy the Machine Gun. It's Tommy Gun, but Tommy the Machine. It's like there's like that works on like four different levels. Oh gosh, there was only four Rocky movies. That's it, and then the Creeds. Um, yeah, I I, I didn't what see. Does, what about Balboa? Does that count? 
just stop, just stop. <laughs> That's torture. That's straight up. You find a golden branch like that. You just, the poor thing. Um, I was concerned about putting Drago in Creed 2 because now you, you don't have a hyped, um, I'm not going to say villain, but a person for him to fight against in 3 as much. You should probably have put his friend at 2 in Drago number 3, but apparently I'm wrong about number 3 that it's fantastic. Obviously, look into spoiler alerts. But uh, Creed Creed three is so much better than Creed two. That's all I gotta say. Okay, because the one thing I was worried about because they put Drago in the second one, I was worried the person he's fighting against in the three isn't as much hype. But okay, fine, fine. fine. I, I thought I thought Creed two was complete shit. Really? Okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Number one for me is Rocky. Um, it's a very special thing when in number one and number two, where when he's fighting Apollo Creed, where you have still respect for his opponent like that. Because in a sense, a lot of times they want you to hate them or they wanted to make a like a, a pitiful story, but still he's like this villain. But like with Rocky, you still have respect for the guy. But then again, you obviously you were still rooting for Rocky, where where Apollo said, like, you know, I didn't I won, but I didn't beat him. So uh yeah, anyway, that had a whole different aspect of him. And then uh, Rocky IV was just incredible. Um, just absolutely incredible. I got I to gotta get out of here, boys. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, all right. I think that's – we're done with our list there. And uh, unfortunately, it is on recording that I forgot Moneyball. But anyways, uh, I think we're going to end it off here. And uh, All right, yeah. take it easy. Enjoy the game tonight.